Hey sibling, welcome to the Unmasking Unschool podcast. I'm your host, Louisa Shirey, aka Solar Flare. We are all solar flares, defying the gravity of groupthink, beaming frequencies that disrupt the airwaves. And in this podcast, I share perspectives and reframes from the solar system, a liberatory framework for creative autistic folks who are seeking another way to see, know, and be yourself. You are not here to fit in and the radical reimagining of how to honor all of who you're here to be begins within. Hey sibling, so I want to talk about in this episode the possibility that I want to invite you to entertain, as uncomfortable as it will be. The idea is prospering while expressing your gifts or being yourself, whichever feels the most difficult. The idea that it's possible to be fully sustained and nourished and do well and prosper while also being yourself. And I want to talk about what has made that difficult. And I don't think it's unique to, I think this is a common thing. I think this is like a, a general big lie in the water that we're swimming in, right? The idea that you can't be yourself and feel good and do things that come naturally and also be sustained materially to prosper, to have a good experience of life doing that, right? There is this idea that you have to compromise yourself, you have to negate your needs, you have to work hard to deserve your existence, right? And in this episode, I want to add a few layers to that, which are specific to, number one, if you uh, have any kind of historically marginalized identity and number two if you have any kind of learning difference cognitive difference um, particularly those that fall under the neurodivergent flavors of having what's called a spiky profile which basically just means if we mapped your strengths and weaknesses in terms of how they are valued in the culture right and recognized and measured then, and for example, the school system, then your map would look much more spiky, as in it would have higher mountains and deeper valleys uh, and be much more spiky in terms of the distribution of those strengths and weaknesses, as in marked strengths and marked weaknesses that go, that are more extreme than the general population. In the legacy of Eurocentric forms of knowledge that are based on the self-appointed, godlike gaze over other people, naming, labeling, defining the meaning of things, defining the meaning of bodies, beings, life forms, and splitting them, separating them out, regarding them as separate and distinct and fixed entities 
and then placing them in hierarchies, right? That is the basis of our Western scientific notions of what knowledge constitutes. Within that, there's this obsession with being right, doing the right thing, being right, being correct in those hierarchies and knowing the right answer, fitting in with that hierarchy and those splits and separations and the decrees of meanings projected onto bodies, being a good cog in those hierarchies, not rocking the boat, not being out of order and the ways in which you may have been read into that hierarchy that you may have been read in that hierarchy as lower down as having less power less agency less permission to determine what something means including your own being your own body and your own existence and so this may have infused the experiences that you've had with authority of any kind where there's been a kind of unwritten unspoken decree decision meaning projected onto either your self-expression your body your existence your skin color your hair your sexuality your gender expression your body shape your size your ability your fatness your age the tangibly, recognisably, culturally rewarded life achievements that you've accrued or not, right? As if some of that is wrong, not good enough, too much, bad, and especially a reason for you not to express anything that exists outside of the top-down hierarchies of the social systems that we're in, right? No, you don't get to be right. Only certain people get to be right and therefore you must be wrong. And this can obviously collect up into trauma and complicate the path to expressing and contributing your gifts, your insights, your perspective, your presence. Because people seeing that you're deviating right, from the given, the status quo, is also interpreted as an undermining of what they've invested their power and their sense of who they are into, right? How dare you be better at something than me? How dare you offer a different perspective? How dare you exist as if you don't have to comply with this these structures of meaning and this is also true of existing outside of colonial notions of intelligence right and the idea that there is one scale of intelligence that it can be measured and the ways it's measured and that if you display traits that are high on the IQ scale and low on the IQ scale that you exist in other ways that can't be measured, that don't make sense, uh, that you are breaking this system of hierarchy and therefore that there is something wrong about you, that you're doing it wrong or that you shouldn't be believed. 
And this is why being believed in a diagnosis in some kind of invisible difference can also be an ingredient that is important, right? It's uh, an element, an ingredient of a, of a struggle that also needs to be seen, right? And so all of these things can mean that the projections of other people and their self-esteem being tied up with their ability to conform and perform correctness and earn their place in these hierarchies, in the pecking order, the projections on you as someone who's deviating from that can land in your body in and impact you in really harmful ways, right? And can contribute to a sense that it's actually not safe to express your gifts. It's actually not safe to offer your insights and your perspective. It's not safe to be in the body that you're in and that doing so will lead to rejection or harm. And I want to specifically talk about the element which is around your gifts, your insights, your natural tendencies and how important it is in a journey of healing to come into a relationship with our gifts and the experience of offering them an element of that is coming into the possibility that you can prosper that you can open up your heart and spirit to the universe and trust that you'll be looked after if you surrender to what you are being called to create or contribute or steward. Trusting that offering up of your contribution is a part of that journey of healing, of going up against the the ideas that what you're offering, what you represent is somehow a problem. And that it's not something that you should be ashamed of or hide And often the thing that you are ashamed of or that you think you should hide is often the exact thing that the world is most needing, right? That is most medicinal, that is most restorative. And that the innate traits, the lived experience, the perspective that you do have, also the sensory sense-making, the cognitive styles that you have, These are of enormous value because it's exactly what's needed. And trusting that and trusting that that will be seen, that there are people and places where that will be recognized can be really difficult. And I want to offer that where we can start is by finding people who can affirm that, right? Who recognize that and sharing to begin with yourself just with those people right so not with the people who underestimate you not with the people who get jealous or envious or resentful that how come you get to exist out of these hierarchies right not the people who don't give you credit but to find your people to find the people who can recognize it, can see it, and who appreciate it at a level that is reflective of what it is that you bring, 
right, and who you are. These places of not only acceptance, but appreciation are really important. And they're really important parts of you starting to trust that it is possible to prosper. It is possible to be paid well. It is possible to offer up what you're here to contribute and have that be compensated for, to be sustained in that, to be mutually nourished, to be supported and looked after in the doing of that, right? So the starting point is to find those people, to find those places and to not expect it everywhere and to give and give and give in those places where that giving is seen and recognized. Something that I think for me is a big part of coaching is seeing when there is something in the nervous system of the person I'm coaching where there is conviction, where there is confidence, where there is this quiet sense of knowing of the value or the substance or the strength or the importance or the uniqueness of a perspective, of an experience, of a lived experience, something that they've been through and inviting that quiet conviction to be expressed and to be affirmed and to have me resonate with that and therefore to give them the experience in their body that yes, my inner knowing is being reflected externally. And this is something that I find really fulfilling and love to do and look out for because sometimes we think that healing is going to the dark places and working through difficult emotions and having these cathartic, big, like, emotional experiences. And actually, what I'm really rooting in is the necessity and the true healing journey being so much less about revisiting difficult experiences and so much more about drawing out and creating more neural pathways around the things that feel good, the things that are true internally, the things that we're afraid to claim, the desires, the dreams, the knowings and the gifts that we are underestimated in, underappreciated in, under-resourced for, and to give platform and space and honouring and reflection to those parts of the experience. So when you are in this healing journey, when you are thinking about working with me or anyone who's out there that you're wanting to work with to support you, consider that it's it's that, it's that good feeling, it's that um, affirmation, it's someone being able to recognise when that is happening in you, where you do have that quiet confidence, where you do have that inner knowing, and you just haven't had enough spaces to have that affirmed and reflected, and how much having that reflected is an antidote that allows your body to release some of the harms of the past and to no longer feel like 
you have to be adapted to that. And instead you can start to adapt to spaces where those gifts are welcomed, where those insights and those inner knowings and truths and convictions are seen and appreciated and supported and affirmed, right? I think one of the fundamental benefits of coaching that I've received is having someone affirm and reflect back the internal authority that I'm wanting to step into. And for me, that is such a massive part of what I do, what I'm inviting you into. If you're thinking about working with me, this is also a big part of the group that I offer. So much of it is about celebrating the wins, is about affirming the progress that's being made, is about hey, these good things happen, or I created this thing and something happened, or hey, I just want to be seen in this perspective, this experience that feel good. And I think what happens in a lot of spaces that are meant to be about healing is too much focus on the harm, too much revisiting, too much of replaying of the bad. And what that does is it just reinforces it in our body memory in our neural networks and so much of what healing is really about is affirming the good that hasn't had enough affirmation feeling good about who we are feeling good about what we bring to the table feeling good about the existence that you have had right the things that you know in yourself and Yeah, so for me as the coach, I'm always looking out for where can I sense that in someone's nervous system where I maybe don't know what the specifics are, but in offering that I'm seeing something, I'm inviting people to, yeah, speak to what that is, to share about that and to take up more space in their body and in the world through that inner authority when there's been a lifetime of having to negotiate external authorities that denied, erased, downplayed and devalued your existence. So step one to prospering while being yourself, while expressing your gifts, is to get around people who can reflect that inner knowing and that you can experience that as as something in your body and therefore can start to more and more step into that just being your truth, that just being who you are. And the result of that is a transformation in your experience of being in the world, not as someone who has to negotiate with authority, but who walks with such inner authority that you start to influence the culture, that you model that self-esteem as social esteem that people can then decide, do I want to agree with that or not? And then that explicit modeling and embodying of that self-esteem and that inner knowing and that inner authority means that the responses that you get are going to be accurate to that and very quick information about who is for you and who isn't. And that allows you to make decisions accordingly about where you spend your time, your energy and with whom you share the things that you bring. Love you lots. Bye.